Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, good morning, dear listeners. It's a lovely day out there, a bit、uh, cool, and、um, but anyway, it's、uh, uh, late September, grand final day as well. My name is Pierre Morrow, and that's right, you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week on 3CR Radio, Fabric Community Radio Station, by Australia Asia Worker Links on labour issues from the region. And thanks to Annie and the team now of.、Uh, Um, so that's your breakfast for that very interesting program, and that music、uh, interlude there was、uh, "Song for the Eureka Stockade" by David Rovix. So、um, today I'll be flying solo. Giselle's having a little bit of a break today. So、um, uh, on today's program, in the second half, we'll have an interview with、uh, um, Munral、um, Shroff, who is an organizer with the Migrant Workers Centre, but he's also、um, originally from New Zealand. So we'll actually, and he was an organizer for the finance and retail、uh, union there. So we'll actually、um, have a bit of a, a chat with him about、um, not only his time in、uh, New Zealand, but also some of the differences and similarities between、um, the workers' movement here and in New Zealand. So、um, there'll be interesting discussion. So that'll be in the second half of the.、Um, Of the program, but、um, as usual, so it'll probably be at quarter past nine. But、um, we've got、um, a whole roundup of、uh, news updates from the region, as usual. Now, the first two items are actually updates from stories that are brought. To you、um, last week. The first one is、um, from Turkey, where, like I said、um, last week, we brought you news of how 600 Turkish construction workers were detained after ma- after mass actions by thousands of workers in protest at the deadly working conditions at the site of the new Istanbul Grand Airport. Now, hundreds of these workers were then dismissed during the last week. The airport authority has now hired hundreds of new workers via a web of subcontracting companies to replace those that it had summarily dismissed. The company has now also labelled many of these striking workers as nothing more than terrorists. In addition, the police and, with the help of the company, are continuing to harass and identify workers and supporters who might have been involved in organising the strike earlier in the month. So,、um, <coughs> as you can see, there's a the wave of repression in Turkey is、um, continuing, unfortunately. Um, we now go to South Korea, where it is actually a、uh, a better, more upbeat、uh, news story. So that's always good. So、um, last week we reported that、uh, the Sangyong Motor President Chong,、uh, Choi Jong Sik visited a memorial in Seoul Central District to pay respect to Kim Joo Jung, a dismissed employee of the company who killed himself in June, and that was、uh, the very first time that anyone from Sangyong. Uh, motor president,、uh, the company actually、um, visited or paid any respect to any of the dismissed workers. Now, and, and of course, Kim Joo Jung was actually the thirtieth dismissed worker to pass away since two thousand and nine. 
And regular listeners would know that the Sengyong um, industrial occupation uh, in 2009 was a heroic two and a half months struggle by the thousands of workers there. Now, this week, it was announced that the Sengyong Motor Company and the Korean Metal Workers Union's Sengyong branch have agreed to reinstate all those employees who have remained jobless since they were fired in 2009. Under the deal, the um, the Pyeongchak based company will rehire 60% of the 119 workers by the end of this year and the remaining 40% of the fir- in the first half of next year. This is an incredible victory for all those Sangyong labor activists and supporters who have fought so bravely and hard over the last nine years. So um, hats off to you, um, comrades at Sangyong. Come to me, lover, I've secrets to tell. Hi, we're Dash. And you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Come to me sweetly, this love of great we now go to the the Philippines, um, where workers employed at the Philippines sub- subsidiary of the global company Al- Al- Alorica have been battling for almost two months the company's incre- increasing union-busting attempts. Alorica, or Alorica, I'm not too sure how you pronounce it, <coughs> is a business process outsourcing company that acts as a third-party service provider via the contracting out of operations and responsibilities of another company. In other words, it is a subcontracting company in the information technology business processing outsourcing industry, which is a huge and expanding sector in the Philippines with well over 1 million workers employed in this sector. Now, since the United Employees of uh, Alorica was formed in 2015, i.e. the union, the company has tried to destroy it using a variety of ways. Now, this year, the company imposed new attendance and performance policies that systematically attack not only workers' rights to job security, but also the workers' right to union, uh, to unionize by trying to get rid of tenured agents who were union members. Now, since February of uh, this year, hundreds of workers have been unjustly terminated and more have been forced to resign. And uh, not surprisingly, the company has particularly targeted union activists. With workers announcing a strike um, a couple of weeks ago, on the, or three weeks ago, on, on the 7th of September, the company responded by sacking uh, Jean Azania, the Secretary General of the Unified Employees of uh, Alorica, a few days later. Now, the dispute is still going on, and an international campaign to support the Alorica workers has actually been set up. So um, you can uh, uh, Google and search for that. It looks like a um, fantastic struggle, especially as uh, that sector is highly um, non-unionised. Um, we now go to um, India, where on Thursday of this week, over 150 workers of the Myoyong Shing Automotive India Company were arrested as they were attempting to protest before the um, outside the Korean consulate in Chennai. The MSI Automotive Company in Chennai is a Korean subsidiary. The workers have uh, were, have been on strike since the 6th of September, depend, demanding recognition of the union, rights to fair wages and a negotiated wage agreement. I mean, these three items uh, are a staple for workers all around the world and uh, all workers, whether here in Australia or anywhere in the Asia-Pacific region, 
can um, certainly um, um, relate to these. Now, in response um, to these very, very fair and reasonable demands, the company not only has refused to negotiate, but has attempted to pressure workers to sign onto an unilateral wage settlement. In addition, the company is uh, continuing uh, production via the use of uh, contract uh, workers who number over 10 times the strength of the permanent workers, i.e. it's a highly casualised workforce. The, um, the company is also using legal loopholes to hire extra contract workers on very low wages under the pretext that they're training students. So, um, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's unfortunately a very, very common uh, thing that this company is doing, um, using subcontracting casual workers to undermine and weaken workers' solidarity. This is James Henry here and you're listening to 3CR, 8.55am and digital streaming on 3cr.org.au. In uh, uh, over the last um, few weeks, we've reported, or in the last few months really, we've reported a lot of uh, cases of uh, terrible incidents in Pakistan, especially around the coal miners and... um, how many uh, of these terrible accidents have uh, claimed the lives of scores of uh, of coal miners? Um, and it's usually because there's uh, lacks or non- non-existing occupational health and safety regulations. Now, yesterday on the t- uh, Friday, September 28th, the Pakistan Federation of uh, Chemical Energy Mines and General Workers Union, or PCM for short, held a day of actions in protest against these continuous deaths um, of coal miners. The PCAEM designated September 28 as a as Black Day to protest uh, against the carnage in Pakistan's mines and to call on the Pakistani government to enact and enforce occupational safety laws and regulation. This day of protest um, has been supported by the Global Union Federation Industrial All. We now go to West Asia, where in um, very concerning news on Tuesday of this um, of this week, um, Suad Al Ali, leader of a human rights organisation and a major presence in the recent mass demonstrations, was assassinated in central Basra by unknown attackers. Another man, believed to be her husband, was wounded in the attack. As we have previously reported a number of times um, again over the last few months, Basra has been rocked by mass demonstrations against shortages of clean water, poverty, corruption and power cuts. During these demonstrations, at least uh, a dozen people have been killed by security forces and armed groups, while government buildings and embassies have been attacked and destroyed. Campaigners have condemned the killing of the human rights campaigner Swad Ali and have put the blame onto the government and associated paramilitary organisations for her death. Protests in Basra are continuing. I often feel the only thing standing between us falling off that precipice and actually fighting our way back up the top of the hill is the trade union movement. I really believe that. We have the numbers, we have the commitment, we have the heart... We have the will to really fight. And the only way we're going to win that fight is to grow the union movement. That was Jed Carney talking up union. 
Stay tuned to 3CR for more union news. 8.55 on your AM dial or 3cr.org.au. If you listen to 3CR into Asia Pacific Currents, you know which side we're on. We're proudly on the working class side. And um, for our last item for the news roundup for this um, <coughs> this week, sorry, I've got this cough that just doesn't want to leave me. We go to Palestine, where this week Amnesty International released another report condemning Israel for its disproportionate use of force against Palestinians and the continuing toll of Palestinians being killed. This latest condemnation came due to the killing of six Palestinians, four in Gaza and two in the West Bank, over a 24-hour period between Monday, September 17 and Tuesday, September 18. As we have reported many times, such killing unfortunately happened regularly and actually overnight there was um, um, another um, number of uh, Palestinians who were killed and hundreds injured at the latest uh, demonstrations for the right of returning Gaza. Amnesty International um, in this report went on to say that the fact that such crimes are rarely, if ever, punished, that it allows unlawful killings and other violations of the right to life to continue in shameless disregard of international law. Several of these incidents appear to involve deliberate and willful killing of unarmed civilians and may amount to war crimes, according to Amnesty International. So um, that's the end of the news roundup for this week, unfortunately. Unfortunately, again, a number of very uh, sad um, stories and terrible stories, but a couple of of wins and a couple of uh, hard um, fights going on in there. So (laughs) our solidarity is uh, with you, sisters and brothers out there fighting for our class. But that's um, all the time we've got for this um, news uh, roundup. Um, it's just on uh, oh, just going on to quarter past nine o'clock. We'll have a bit of a break and I'll get uh, Munroll uh, Shroff on, on the line to to talk about New Zealand and um, Australian um, um, uh, trade uh, trade unionism. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business, this crime. People don't understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. It's still the case in this country today. This is 3CR. Twenty eighteen marks twenty years since senior traditional owner Yvonne Margarula invited supporters to come to Mirar Country within Kakadu National Park to blockade the proposed Jabaluka uranium mine. Thousands answered the call. The mine was stopped. To commemorate this extraordinary anniversary, 
Conjate Me Aboriginal Corporation and the Australian Conservation Foundation have produced a gorgeous commemorative calendar. Standing Strong, Jabaluka 20 Years is a piece of history you don't want to miss. Order your copy today at mirar.net. That's M-I-R-A-R-R dot net, a 3CR supporter. the launch of the 2019 How to Make Trouble and Influence People Diary on Saturday the 6th of October from 3 to 6pm at the Old Bar, Johnson Street, Fitzroy. There'll be readings as well as music from Cold Hands, Warm Heart and Laura McFarlane. Entries free. Proceeds from the diary sales and 20% of the afternoon's bar takings will be donated to 3CR and the Rainforest Information Centre. So come read, drink and be merry. How to Make Trouble and Influence People Diary launch. The Old Bar, Saturday 6th of October, 3 to 6pm. See you there. 3CR supporter. We're just having a small technical hitch, but um, we'll get um, him on very quickly. Friends of the Earth's Walk This Way is back. Join us on Saturday, October 13th on a sponsored walk of Melbourne's beautiful Bayside Tracks to launch our new waste and consumption campaign and take action on climate change. Together, we'll walk 15 kilometres and raise $20,000 for Friends of the Earth. We will be highlighting key issues around climate resilience, rising sea levels and plastic pollution in our oceans. Getting involved is simple. Sign up online at walkthisway.org.au, get sponsored, spread the word and get walking. Join us as we journey through coastal communities who are most vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. We'll finish up with a community picnic in the Katani Gardens in St Kilda. Friends of the Earth is a proud supporter of CCR. It's uh, just on, um, oh, getting on to 19 past 9 o'clock. Sorry about that uh, technical hitch up uh, on my part, but uh, that's sometime how it goes. But I'm uh, very um, um, happy to have uh, Munral Shroff on the line. Good morning, Munral. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. All right. Great. Um, now, um, you were, you're now working uh, at the Migrant Workers Centre here in Trade Soil in Victoria, but you were originally from uh, New Zealand. Yes, that is absolutely right. Yep, yeah, yeah. Now you you used to be a, a uh, organizer for the finance and retail union in uh, New Zealand. So I just want to use the ten minutes that we have just to yes. um, go through some of the issues for our listeners. Maybe about first of all how the situation f- uh, for workers is in a general sense uh, in New Zealand when you were organizing, and then. Um, some of the uh, differences and similarities that you see uh, you see here in um, in Victoria. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, just um, um, so, um, how was it when you were organising in the finance and retail sector? So, how would you give a summation of the um, uh, the working environment for workers in New Zealand? 
the working environment in New Zealand in finance sector it's, uh, and retail sector, it is like more challenging for them. Basically, like when I was working in the union at that point of time, it was national government, which is like uh, they were just facing uh, the unions uh, and uh, taking the rights of the workers. Uh, so it was like more more of challenging, especially in finance sector, where the workers' rights, like you know, they have a they always like to play around with the laws and rules. And as you can see, the Royal Commission, which is coming up, like which has given so many things uh, hints about the New Zealand about the Australian banking sector at the moment, how it is uh, exploiting the customers and the workers. So. The banks in the New Zealand, especially in the finance sector, most of the finance sector, uh, the banks are from the Australia in New Zealand. So they literally exploit the customers and the workers and the staff, the sales culture and all those sort of things. And even in the retail sector, it is... Uh, more of uh, like a target-based culture they were developing. Like just for an example, like a worker on the uh, counter at the like for scanning your stuff, they have to finish the scanning within certain minutes of time and all those things. So it is more it is more of like you know challenging and the target based uh, work sector in retail and finance. There. And I would assume that um, uh, casualization and short term contracts will be very widespread there as well. Oh, definitely. Like uh, casualizations and like especially the labor hire system which is uh, at the very much peak uh, there like so that is also playing a big role and contract system in finance industries like most of the banks were like you know means uh, trying to put the uh, contract system bringing it in the, uh, so with the contract system the benefit the bank has is that they do they are not liable for like you know means additional leaves and all those things so they save heaps of money in that manner they try to work but they are exploiting that whole system because contract system i think it's just to help the little bit to the employer and give the opportunity to workers to become a permanent rather than the finance industries they are completely exploiting the workers down there uh, yes, unfortunately, it, it's something that all over the Asia-Pacific region, this whole scourge of subcontracting and casualization is a real um, a major uh, problem. Now, if I'm not, um, uh, if I'm correct, I think the minimum wage in New Zealand is is set at quite a low, low, low bar, isn't it? Oh, uh, like it, it, it is a low bar uh, still. Like uh, at the current, I don't remember exactly how much is the current uh, minimum wage there. But when I was there, it was around fifteen dollar uh, per hour. Uh, that was the minimum wage bar when I left New Zealand two years back. Uh, but um, at the moment, also because of the labor government, they have increased it a quite significant. But still, it is uh, not at the living wage, definitely. Uh, but um, the wage comparison, like uh, if you are doing uh, between Australia and New Zealand, the wage in wages is definitely lower than in New Zealand. 
Yes, and so you've been in Australia two years. Um, that's a, a reasonable time to have a bit of a look at um, and at, at the industrial system here. If I were, mm-hmm. if I were to ask you, what what were the main differences and similarities that have struck you between the um, Australia and New Zealand in terms of the industrial landscape and the trade union landscape? Okay. Uh, the similarity in terms of economical and political environment-wise, like it is more similar, um, and the, I don't see much difference in that context um, because um, New Zealand and uh, Australia are like, like you know, means, uh, two like brothers uh, kind of thing. But the, in if you look at the industrial-wise, like I think the laws are a little bit different, like in Australia and in New Zealand. When I, I'm looking at the industrial landscape, uh, organizing uh, in Australia is more challenging because of the laws. Uh, organizing in New Zealand is also challenging, but the unions like uh, have got certain breakthrough through their contracts and uh, through their uh, EBA. Um, so in that way, it is different, and uh, most of the it is uh, differences are from union to union. I don't see it like from New Zealand or Australia, but I can talk about the first union where I was working. Uh, first union had really one of the very innovative approach in terms of dealing, uh, and it was more of like uh, uh, they were like um, the pragmatic in the sense the leadership was always like on task for taking up the actions and everything because of the laws i think while in australia the strike laws are now almost like abolished like in order to take a strike it's really very difficult and in new zealand unions uh, i have heard that like uh, at the moment they are doing very good they are going up um, while in australia it's a similar approach at the moment. Most of the unions are now again uh, back in, like, grow, grow, they are growing up uh, because of the, like, um, most of the peoples are suffered. And that's why we have changed the rules campaign by which is going on and which is really very important for the normal society and the community to play the role in this change the rules uh, campaign as well. That's right. We, we fully agree with uh, you about the change, the, the rules and the ability for yeah. unions to organise. And um, maybe as a, as a last um, question, obviously now you're working at the Migrant Workers Centre. In Australia over yeah. the last few years, uh, you might have seen there's been a lot of um, more news about how uh, super exploited a lot of um, uh, temporary migrant workers are. Is that the same situation in New Zealand, or has New Zealand got less of this um, uh, external temporary migrant workforce coming in? No, it, it is a similar situation. Like there is no difference uh, in terms of like exploitation and the migrants workforce coming in. It is almost similar with uh, New Zealand. The only thing which I think Australia is much more on bigger scale and. Uh, it has uh, migrant workers center has is uh, done a very good initiative of by the trades all to come up with this uh, in order to stop this exploitation um, and still i think much more needed to do in australia uh, even even in new zealand but new zealand has little bit taken an advantage and they are a little bit ahead in this uh, 
scenario because I think they have got most of the unions have got like you know old migrant worker centers division kind of thing in there like with uh, say for example first uh, union has got Unimag Indian Workers Association Fono Association so all this like you know they work for particular uh, uh, migrants. Uh, in the community. So I'll give you an example for the Fono, which works for Asia-Pacific workers uh, 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 from the islands like Samoa, Tongan. Mm. Uh, they try to organize them and they help them out. And India Workers Association, which helps the India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, all sort like from those area regions. So it, it is a little bit more established and more... Uh, uh, organize in this way to uh, concern, to raise the concerns of the workers' problem to the government. Uh, while in Australia, Migrant Workers' Centre is a very good uh, initiative done by the trades all, and most of the unions are now, I think, like they will be falling soon into this kind of steps or something. All right, well, that's, um, that sounds um, great, and it sounds like you're the perfect person to work at the Migrant Workers' Centre with all that experience and knowledge. And um, we really have to go. We've really come to the end of our radio program. So, um, um, Munral, thank you very much for your time, and we wish you all the best, and I'm sure we'll uh, have you back in the future to um, get updates uh, for the, from the Migrant Workers' Centre. Uh, th- thank you very much for having me. Thank right. you, no worries. All the best. Cheers. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. And um, you were listening to Munral Shroff, who uh, is an organiser with the Migrant Workers Centre uh, here at uh, the Victorian Trades Hall in Melbourne, Australia, about his time as an organiser with the Finance and Retail um, Union in New Zealand and also how he a uh, bit of a comparison between the New Zealand and Australia situation. But that's really what we've got time. It's half past nine. We really uh, need to go. Uh, stay tuned to 3CR Radio for Palestine. Remember, that's all from me, PMRO. I'll be back. Uh, next week with another program of Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.